Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Practitioner's Podcast, where we're applying Jesus-style disciple-making to everyday life. This episode and all of our episodes are powered by Navigators Church Ministries, where we work every day to help churches live out the Great Commission. Justin, how are you today? You just got back from a big trip. You were in Texas, one of the greatest states of the Union. Yeah, and they'll tell you that. <laughs> right? They will. How many guns did you see? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, good question. Um, yeah, how many did I see, and how many were around me that I that I wasn't aware of? But um, yeah, it was an interesting trip. It was a week long, so uh, one of the longer trips that I do uh, throughout the year. And so I'm glad to be back. Um, but here's the thing, Tony. I had an experience down there. And I wanted to, to share it with you because it's been sticking in my head um, ever since I had it. But also, I thought, as I've been thinking about our last couple episodes on kind of historical context and Jesus-style disciple-making, um, I just feel like it has some parallels. Okay, so the, the experience was this. I was in a, a session, and one of the, the things that was talked about was this way of doing disciple-making. Mm-hmm. And one of the the key phrases that kept coming was, you know, this is so easy that anyone can do it. Ooh, and, how did that make you feel? Yeah. Oh, I was I was conflicted, right? Because on the one hand, like you and I, we we want everybody to be making yes. disciples, right? That right. is what we want. Every Christ follower pursuing others and trying to disciple them and help them become mature disciple makers in their own right. So on the one hand, like I'm, I'm good with that. But on the other hand, I just felt like, boy, if this isn't the rallying cry of modern day disciple making, so easy, anyone can do it. And the other side of it is it just kind of bugs me because it's like, I <laughs> what, don't you know be bugged that Jesus, by something that's so weird. I know it's, it is shocking, but I don't know that Jesus spent three years of intense relational training with 12 people for us today to be like, hey, you could learn this. And, you know, maybe it takes you eight weeks to learn, maybe less. And it's so easy. Anyone can do it. Like, I just have I have trouble with how those uh, sit together. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, so so much of what we talk about when we talk about Jesus style disciple making is about raising the bar, right? It's about giving people, you know, what we've talked about the last two episodes. It's about giving historical context to the tools that Jesus used so that he could train someone to make disciples who can make disciples. And and the problem with that kind of language is that it doesn't necessarily promote what we, you and I would call tool-based disciple-making. Yes. Yep. And that's what we want to talk about today with you is this idea of tool-based, tools-based disciple-making, or we could think of it as resource-rich disciple-making. But I really think we need to start contrasting this more, uh, not only in, in what we do here, Tony, but also in the culture at large. Because as I think yeah. about disciple-making here in America, in the West, there's really two paths that I see. There's there's the first path, which I would call content or curriculum-based disciple-making, which is, in my opinion, heavily influenced by consumerism. It's this idea of bringing it down to a level where the masses can grab hold of it 
and quickly grasp it and run with it. Uh, but really what happens, and again, we've talked about it before, is people are multiplying curriculum mm -hmm. as opposed to multiplying Jesus and disciples, uh, Jesus's life in the, in the life of other disciples. And then there's this other path of what we're calling tools-based disciple making. And I really believe the navigators are kind of the originators, uh, at least modern day, of tools-based disciple making. I don't believe currently the navigators even have language around this because the navigators are 90 years old this year. And the reality of that is for the first 40 or 50 years, there weren't others that had prominence in the culture doing disciple making. And yeah. so if you were doing disciple making and it was above above the waterline, right? People were seeing it and were aware of it. It was probably connected or influenced by the navigators at some point, but now it's changed. Now, thankfully, there's a conversation in the church. There's conversations and lots of different organizations that are doing it, but at least in church world, most of, most of what disciple making is, it happens through content and curriculum, and it leads to different outcomes than what tools-based disciple-making leads to. Well, and I, I think one of the things that's interesting, right, when you talked about the NAVs being 90 years old, is that they've been doing it for so long that they don't even know that they're doing it, which is crazy because that's actually what happens to most of us when we use a tool and get really proficient out of it, right? When we get really good at using a tool, it just almost becomes like an extension of our person, and, and I think that's one of the things that differentiates um, our definition of tools with something like a program or a book, because tools really just kind of come out of who we are. They're, they're kind of like, I can talk to someone about the word because the word is a part of my life, right? It's a part of who I am. And so it's a tool that I feel proficient in because I've been using it long enough to be good with it. Right. And that didn't happen overnight. Right. They were and and they're, you know, people who I discipled early on didn't get the benefit of my seminary degree. But, you know, like as I've grown and matured in my own walk with the Lord, my ability to use the tool has grown as well. Yes, that's exactly right. And I, I want to be careful how we're talking about this, because there's probably people listening that their their experience or their perspective is more along what we would call content or curriculum-based disciple-making. And disciple-making is good regardless. But what we're trying to de delineate or distinguish between is these different paths of doing it and why we have settled where we've settled. Now, I think that it's healthy to have robust discussion and robust um, ability to listen to the other side and and hear how they got there, even if you end up being somewhere else. But, you know, as we're coming out of these historical uh, episodes of how did Jesus make disciples? What's the, the context in which he did that? I think what we're saying is that uh, tools-based disciple making is standing upon principles that Jesus practiced. Mm. And so there's others. So again, when I was in Texas, what I heard again and again and again was what what it stood on was utilitarianism. Is this really works? This is really effective. And the effectiveness was in getting more and more and more and more people caught up in this disciple-making wave uh, that they were moving towards. Um, but I really believe, and we've talked about that, 
that the methods that we employ need to be rooted in the principles that Jesus taught. And so in tools-based disciple-making, one of the, the things that are true is that the main tool is the word of God. Yeah, That is the main tool. Now there's other tools that we can use or bring in, but the main tool is the word of God. And when you look at Jesus and how he ministered, he was constantly referring back to the Old Testament. He was constantly bringing people into the scriptures and we see from the disciples that they continued that, right? They memorized things, not only in the Old Testament, but moving forward, they were memorizing what Jesus had taught. And so for us, the main tool in tools-based disciple-making is the Word of God. And it's out of that that other tools emerge. So the other tools in tools-based disciple-making primarily are things like questions, asking good questions stories out of your own life, stories with God, stories of a time that you've been facing a struggle, stories of what you've gotten out of the word that week, and then illustrations, which we've also talked a lot about. And Jesus was a master at using illustrations, right? He would point to the seeds. He would point to the fig tree. He would point to different things in their culture and things that they were familiar with. And then he would hang principles upon them and sometimes hang scripture on them from the Old Testament, and then he would teach from that. And these things were so vivid for the disciples that they stuck with them, and then they taught out of those too. And that's essentially what we're trying to do in tools-based disciple-making. Now, the big part of tools-based disciple-making tool, too is the tools should come out of who we are. The tools come out of who we are, and then we can we can find the appropriate context and situations to apply them as we're walking with people relationally. And that's just a really different framework from, you know, moving through a book and we're talking about this thing today because it's chapter whatever. And the person that wrote it, none of us know. And we don't really know if that person has fruitfulness of life or just skillfulness in teaching the word and writing it down which are very, very different things when we think about incarnating the gospel and having uh, it really be life-on-life life sort of practices. You know, and, and what's interesting about that is, is that that's not to say that Justin and I don't ever use books when we're meeting with the people that we're discipling, right? Because right? we're, we're certainly not saying that, you know, we, we're big fans of like Master Plan of Evangelism or Ways of the Alongsider, or there are even some books that I use on prayer or... Um, if I want to teach on the Holy Spirit, that they're all of these books that I do use, but I use them as a, a kind of an amplifier to the tools that I saw Jesus use, right? So, okay, how does so in the ways of the alongsider? One of the things that if you've ever used the book by Bill Mowry, who's a friend of the podcast, you know, one of the things that you'll see is that he always points us back to scripture. So, if I'm using ways of the alongsider to disciple someone, right, we may have a, a a chapter on vision and mission and all that stuff. But then I'm going to go back to the word and talk about it. Right. So what I'm using it is I'm using it as a catalyst to get us back to the practices of Jesus. And, and then again, like Justin said, we're specifically applying them to the per person we're discipling. So, you know, I may start with the illustration, like the wheel, and maybe the person says that um, prayer is their least refined skills. So then I, I have a whole thought process on different 
tools that I can use for prayer. And maybe I'm going to use the acts method, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, right? That's a tool that I'm going to give them. And then maybe on top of that, we'll read a book on prayer. Adam Weber's got a really accessible, it's, a, it's an on-ramp kind of book on prayer, right? And then I'm going to go back and have use the tool and then look at how Jesus prayed, right? And, and you can kind of see that we're building a foundation on Jesus-style tools and then using everything else to point back to that so that the person is not just standing on a book, they're standing on a biblical foundation to make disciples who can make disciples. Yeah, because what we're trying to do is equip, right? That the whole point of tools-based disciple making, and I think probably the biggest benefit is it equips the person that we're discipling. It equips them to be able to do disciple making in a way that is uh, individualized, right? If we only use books, if we only use a certain curriculum, then we have no flexibility to um, or flexibility of skill is probably a better way to say it. We have no skill in understanding where that person is and what their needs are, and then responding to them with the word of God and the things that they need at that time. And so our playbook is really limited. Now, the hard part and, and the pushback that we'll often get on tools-based disciple making is, oh, that's really hard. Um, you know, who can really do that? And <clears throat> I, again, I struggle with that because Jesus was putting in front of those that he was inviting in. He was putting the difficulty in front of them at first when he invited them. You know, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. Hey, this is going to be hard, guys, but it's worth it, right? And so the the work that comes in, there's effort that needs to be made in the life of a disciple in order to become a disciple maker. And in, in order that these things come out of who they are, and the tools, they have spent enough time getting into their heart and into their life. They spent time refining them. They've spent time developing their own sometimes so that they aren't just dabblers in disciple making. They become masters in disciple making. And really, masters in disciple making is what I see Jesus building his movement upon. And so when we think we're going to have people that kind of do this disciple-making thing as just another thing in their life and another thing that they've given minimal effort to, and it doesn't get down deep into who they are, it shouldn't be surprising when they only dabble with it for a while and then they move on to something else. Yeah, I often think about Luke and when Jesus sent out the 72, right? He sent them out as a part of this idea of teaching them to be able to be creative ministers of the gospel. You know, he, he wants you to go preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, and anywhere you're not welcome, which will be some places, shake the dust off your feet and then come back, right? And so this is this is part of this whole process is I really feel like I've made a good disciple maker when that disciple maker has an entire toolbox of tools that he can use to make future disciple makers. Because again, and we, we've talked about this on this podcast before the tool that I may love the most may not be the tool that you love the most. My job is not to yeah. get you to follow Jesus the way that I follow Jesus. My goal is just to get you to follow Jesus in the way that Jesus taught his followers to follow him. Right. And that's, a, that's a very vast array of, of different tools and, 
you know, you can see Jesus ask the disciples, who do people say that I am? Right. And you can see Jesus use those questions and really get people to own the idea that, that each and every one of us are called to that personal relationship with Jesus. And out of that personal relationship with Jesus, we're showing other people who Jesus are and then giving them the tools to follow them and to teach others to do the same. Yeah, because Jesus has created us as individuals. He's created us as unique uh, people with unique giftings and unique experiences. And so, you know, our goal in disciple making isn't to make people that all look the same. It's to create disciples and disciple makers who become mature in who they are meant to be. And then that they're they're unfolding that calling and that being, that personal identity in their life in a certain way that looks different than me. And so when I've made a disciple maker, there will be some similarities between me of and course. that person based yeah. on experiences, et cetera, et cetera. But there should also be significant differences because they are different from me. And so I think about it as we're trying to make creative disciple makers that it comes out of their personhood, the way that they interact and disciple others. But, you know, what content curriculum based disciple making tends to do is it makes, um, you know, maybe um, proficient disciple makers that, okay, well, we can do this thing and we can do it proficiently but we're all doing it the same way. And it shouldn't be that way if we're, if we're designed uniquely. And so some of the big concepts here um, in tools-based disciple making, I think of it uh, as three things. It's open faith, right? So what is God doing in my life now? What am I trusting him for? And I'm sharing that with the person that I'm discipling. So he can see that, hey, God is active in my life. I'm trusting him for things. I am not finished. My life is not perfect. All those sorts of things. So it's open faith. It's open Bible. What am I getting out of the word? What is he getting out of the word? How do we get into the word and meet with God in a personal way? How do we engage with the Holy Spirit through the word of God? But then open life, right? Where are the struggles in my life? What's going well? What's not? Um, you know, where where am I hitting my limits as a person? Where am I bumping into my sinfulness and the places in me where God is still in the midst of transforming me to become more and more like him? So, you know, I I hear that we have just such a short time to talk about this and 20 minutes doesn't even do it justice. But what I want and what I hope is that as you listen, you would consider who do you want to become? Who do you feel like God is asking you to become as a disciple and a disciple maker? And what does maturity look like for you? Does it look like just knowing how to help someone through a book? Does it look like just, you know, having a certain level of maturity? Or does it look like such an intimate relationship with God that you are sharing out of who you are and the way that he's gifted you? But also you've put in effort to know the word so that when certain problems come, you know where to take people in the word that will really help them. And honestly, I'm I'm guessing and I'm pretty confident that most of you, there's something within you that yearns for the latter, mm. that yearns for a type of maturity that can meet people where they are and help them wherever they are on their spiritual journey to take those next steps towards Jesus. Well, friends, we are so incredibly thankful for the opportunity 
to share these thoughts with you today. Our takeaway, disciple making requires us to become something and for us to help others become something, right? That deep longing that Justin was talking about. Action step. What are you doing to become an equipped disciple maker? What are you doing to become an equipped disciple maker? As always, we're incredibly thankful for our time together today. We're thankful for you. And we hope that this episode was useful. If it was, do us a favor, share it with a friend. Maybe somebody who you know is struggling to decide what they should use to disciple someone. We're thankful for you. And we look forward to seeing you guys real soon.